From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is Battleground Ballot Box. I'm Stephen Fowler. The Supreme Court's decision last month to overturn Roe v. Wade, thus reversing a constitutional right to abortion, has sent shockwaves through Georgia. My initial reaction is fear, especially for my children. I have a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old, and I'm concerned about when they come of age, the risk of pregnancy, and what will our options be. The Dobbs versus Jackson ruling sends control over abortion laws back to the states. In Georgia's case, that could make HB 481, passed in 2019, law. It makes abortion illegal around six weeks into pregnancy or when a fetal cardiac activity can be detected, but it's still held up in the courts. I believe that we have to begin by solving the immediate crisis in front of us, which is the fact that Georgia has a six-week ban, a ban that takes effect before women know they're pregnant, in a state that has half of its counties without an OBGYN. And in a midterm election year that will decide who charts Georgia's political course for the next several years, the stakes are high. Democrats and Republicans say the post-road landscape has only raised them for this November. This week, we look at the aftermath of the Supreme Court's decision to undo precedent around abortion and upend politics in the process. Damn, I didn't think I'd be almost 60 years old and doing this again. But the bottom line is, it's our body, our choice, no matter what it is. It was not a surprise that the highest court in the country would rule the way it did, or that protests would spring up across the country. But when the order came out the morning of Friday, June 24th, Diane Dursis was still a little shocked. We've been working on this for months, and I thought we were <laughs> I thought we were in good shape. But, you know, then you get, and it's like, oh, my God. She talked with my colleague Grant Blankenship shortly after the decision in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization case, which abruptly ended abortion access in much of the South with other states soon to follow. Dursis is the owner of the Jackson, Mississippi Clinic, as well as the Columbus Women's Health Organization Clinic in Georgia, just across the state line from Alabama, where abortion access ended as soon as the decision was announced. She's worked in this space for nearly half a century and said after the ruling, My phones are ringing off the hook. By ending decades of existing abortion access, the Dobbs decision effectively bans the procedure in many southern states. But in Georgia, at least not yet. Quadrilyn Jackson with the Feminist Women's Health Center in Atlanta told my colleague Riley Bunch that, As of today, abortion is still legal and accessible in Georgia. So we want to encourage people to keep their appointments. Um, and if they are in need of services, to continue to connect with providers um, and funds. That's because Georgia's 2019 law, the Living Infants Fairness and Equality Act, is on hold in the courts because, up until last month, it violated the Constitution under the Supreme Court's previous rulings. Georgia's abortion law would effectively ban most abortions in the state around six weeks into pregnancy before many would even know they are pregnant and adds so-called fetal personhood language that changes the definition of a quote natural person to include an unborn child at any stage of development who is carried in the womb according to state law. Currently, state law allows for abortions until 20 weeks into a pregnancy with no limitations and after 20 weeks in certain circumstances, including a physician determining the pregnancy is medically futile or determining it is necessary to preserve the life and health of the mother. 
Georgia law also does not currently ban the use of medicated abortion, which currently uses two drugs and can take place within the first 10 weeks of pregnancy, but does prevent physician's assistants and advanced practice registered nurses from providing medicated abortion. According to the Georgia Department of Public Health data, there were more than 31,000 abortions that took place in the state in 2020, the most recent year with the reported data. Kwajalein Jackson says it's still important for people to know that in Georgia, options are available under the current law and if the new one takes hold. I want to make sure that people understand that while this is devastating news and will affect the entire country, that on today, abortion is still legal and accessible in Georgia and that we do not want people to panic, to cancel their appointments, to feel that they are without options. We want to make sure that everyone who needs an abortion is able to get one safely and compassionately. We'll be right back after this break. Georgia's DBHDD is urging people to store and lock away all medications to prevent theft and keep them away from children and pets. Old medications can be disposed at Dropbox locations. Dropbox locations can be found at opioidresponse.info. This is Battleground Ballot Box from Georgia Public Broadcasting. I'm Stephen Fowler, and we're talking about how Georgia is reacting to the U.S. Supreme Court's decision to reverse the constitutional right to an abortion. In Savannah, shortly after the decision came down, Stephanie Jones was in Forsyth Park. She told my colleague Benjamin Payne that she's concerned about a post-road Georgia. My initial reaction is fear, especially for my children. I'm concerned about when they come of age, the risk of pregnancy, and what will our options be. There's fewer than two dozen clinics and facilities in Georgia that provide abortions, according to the pro-abortion rights research organization, the Guttmacher Institute. But already, that number is going down. While Diane Durzis, owner of the Columbus Clinic, is still in operation, the only facility providing surgical abortion in Savannah has closed. The Savannah Medical Clinic opened in 1977, just a few years after the landmark Roe v. Wade decision. The only remaining abortion provider on Georgia's coast is the Planned Parenthood Clinic in Savannah, which only offers medication abortion. The closest surgical abortion providers are now hours away in Augusta and Jacksonville, Florida. Women are going to be forced to travel, whether it's by airplane or bus or whatever it takes, depending upon their financial standing. Durza says the day after the decision, women who seek abortions in states where it is illegal will have to take a lot of time and effort to get to a place where it's allowed. You realize too, Arkansas, all those states in between, Louisiana, all of those states that closed yesterday, Alabama, um, you know, there's a swath, Kentucky, there's a swath through there where um, it's like the desert. For Republicans in Georgia and other southern states, that's the point. They're more divided on what comes next. Governor Brian Kemp, speaking on Fox News, blasted his opponent Stacey Abrams' opposition to Georgia's law and said the GOP in Georgia values life beyond just banning abortion. I ran as a pro-life governor. I know that people disagree on these issues, but the thing is, you never hear her talk about adoption reform, foster care reform. Our fight in Georgia 
to end human trafficking, but not only to do that, to support the victims and help them be able to become a contributing member to society and give them the support that they need to do that. We've done all of those things. It shows our total value for life, regardless of where you stand on the okay. abortion issue. But some conservatives are pushing for more penalties, seeking an outright ban on abortion, including medicated abortion, and more punishments for those who aid in someone seeking an abortion. Abrams and Democrats say Georgia's abortion law is the last straw for a state with terrible maternal mortality statistics, lacking rural health care infrastructure, and relatively weak safety nets for parents. I believe that we have to begin by solving the immediate crisis in front of us, which is the fact that Georgia has a six-week ban, a ban that takes effect before women know they're pregnant, in a state that has half of its counties without an OBGYN. At an event in Dublin, she told my colleague Sophie Gratis her stance on abortion rights. I believe that abortion should be the choice of a woman as long as and up until the viability of the fetus outside of a woman's womb, except in the case of a danger to a woman's health or life. Abrams argues that Kemp's refusal to expand Medicaid coverage in Georgia, coupled with tighter abortion restrictions, contributes to worse health outcomes for Georgians and is why she should lead the state. Beyond the political ramifications for Georgia in November, medical professionals are voicing their concerns about Georgia's health inequalities and effects further abortion restrictions might have. Haben Debasai is a resident physician and OBGYN in Atlanta. We need definitions um, because this bill was not really, to my understanding, has not been made within the medical sphere. And so it doesn't work in, in, in the medical sphere. I think that we need, um, we need more clarity before we can put that into practice. No matter what side we fall on on this issue, like a lot of these things are not medically appropriate and they're not going to be um, they won't be effective in practice without harming, you know, women and pregnant with people in the process. Mimi Zeman, also an OBGYN, says courts and lawmakers should not intrude on reproductive rights issues. The decision about whether or not to carry an unexpected pregnancy to term is a deeply personal one, and a woman seeking an abortion should be able to receive compassionate care guided by unbiased medical information rather than political agendas Georgia's elections were already slated to be fiercely contested before the decision came down, but a reignited debate over abortion access, a law that could potentially be held up in court even further, and wildly different views about what comes next makes the stakes even higher for November's midterm elections. Battleground Ballot Box from Georgia Public Broadcasting is produced by me, Stephen Fowler. Our editor is Josephine Bennett. Our engineer is Jake Cook and Jesse Neiswanger wrote our theme music. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get podcasts. Thanks for listening.